0: Welcome friends, you are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. For those of you that are in the room, those of you that are joining us online, and our friends that are listening to the radio this week, it's a pleasure to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Last week, we kicked off a new series called Made for More, where we're walking through the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And Pastor Matt, last week, he talked about love. And I want to once again read a couple of those verses there in Galatians chapter 5. The text is on your screen here. You can join me. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a buffet of awesome right there. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And today, the word or the theme that we're going to focus on is joy. Now, one thing about joy, we're talking about joy that comes from the Lord, joy that God gives us the opportunity to. To experience, and he's directly connected to that. Now, in this world that we live in, there's a lot of talk about being happy or pursuing happiness. There's a lot of folks, when I have conversations with them, when they're walking through difficult seasons, will ask the question, doesn't God want me to be happy? Well, the truth is he wants you to be way more than happy. And this is really ingrained in our culture. It's actually even found in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I love the first part of that statement. And the pursuit of happiness sounds like it's a good thing. doesn't sound like a bad thing, and it's not. But today, I hope to make the case that as lovely as happiness may sound, God has something even better for us. Before we jump into this, I think we need to acknowledge or at least consider, even though at times we can confuse the two, being happy and the joy of the Lord, they are actually two very different things. A lot of us say that we want to be happy, but there's more. And Just as we discussed being made for more last week, being made for love in that way, God's also made us for more and God's made us for joy. And We're going to dive into this talking about joy and the differences with joy and happiness, but understand that joy is the thing that made the list here. Happiness didn't make the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy did, because it matters to God, should matter to us. And I think this is true for all of the fruit of the Spirit, but for sure when it comes to joy, and this is our big idea for today, that true joy is a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus. It's a byproduct because it's directly connected to our relationship with him. True joy is a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus. The definition of proximity means to, to this nearness in a space or time or relationship to something or someone. And we actually see this throughout God's word where people being in proximity to God in some capacity that we see there being something about them because of that experience that is expressed in different ways. We see this in Exodus chapter 34. Moses, he would go up onto the mountaintop to speak with the Lord multiple times, but the most famous time was when he went up to get the 10 Commandments from the Lord. But the Bible records that when Moses would come down from these times where he's having a conversation with God, the Bible actually says that his face was radiant, that his face was literally glowing After being in God's presence, being in proximity to God, having a conversation with him, so much so, Moses actually put a veil on to try to cover up his face after he would go up and speak with God because his face was glowing. In Acts chapter four, after Peter and John were arrested for preaching about the resurrection of Jesus, I like the way this says this in Acts 4.13, it says, when that they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men... (laughs) But these guys aren't educated. They don't have anything like that to come to the table with. But this is what it says. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Their proximity to Jesus was visible. And the things that they did and the way that they acted and the words that they said, it was obvious that they had been in proximity to Christ. Our life should have reflect our relationship with God the fruit of the Spirit that, we, that are on display, just like we talked about love last week and this week, joy, should be evident because of the Jesus that we love, serve, and follow. And again, true joy is a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus. Jesus actually said it like this, and he repeats himself a ton of times in this text. In John 15, we're gonna begin in verse four there. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. We're talking about bearing the fruit of the Spirit and obtaining the fruit of the Spirit and being evident in our life. No branch can bear the fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me though, you can do nothing. Talking about remaining connected to the vine in other parts of the world where there are actual winters, where the leaves come off of the trees. If you look at those trees when it gets really, really cold, again, not anything we experience here in Florida. The thing is, is that in that season, the tree actually looks like it's dead. There's no fruit on the ends of the branches. There's no leaves on the end. They all come off in that season. But because the tree is still connected at the root where the life source is provided, even though in that season it's not bearing fruit, it's still connected. It still has life and will bear fruit. Again, because in different seasons of our life, we bear different amounts of fruit. The point is to stay connected, stay in proximity to Jesus. So if Joy is a fruit of the spirit that comes from being connected to Jesus. How can we cultivate our hearts and our lives? How can we make room for more of that fruit to grow, to flourish, to be used, not only to glorify God, but to flow into impacting other people? Well, for sure, we come back to scripture. You know, God's word helps us process that helps us prepare our hearts and stir up our hearts. Jesus talks about how our hearts are in different places to receive the word in the right kind of way, but this helps make our hearts good ground for the fruit to flow from. We're reminded of this in Proverbs 4:23, "Above all else, guard your heart, because everything you do flows from it." Everything. So the fruit is going to come from this place. But in order for it to be healthy and to continue to flourish, Sometimes we have to change our focus or our pursuits or considering that happiness may be good, but the joy of the Lord is actually better. So let's get into this this morning. Number one, happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining, Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining. We see this right out of the bat with the story of Jesus, the birth of Christ, and the Christmas story, and this incredible proclamation in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. The good news and the great joy that the angel was speaking of was Jesus, that he had finally come. He had fulfilled prophecies even at his birth and that his life, death, and resurrection would change everything, that this intersection in history changes the game because in him, in Jesus, is the fullness of love and grace and truth and peace and forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation and every other good thing you can think of and salvation. There's an old chorus from the Gaither vocal band Bill Gaither wrote, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. We see this in Nehemiah 8.10, this reminder for the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is the thing that can sustain us Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining. Man, I have not seen this more on display than since when I started first coming to FCC years ago. I've watched people in our church and families in our church that have lost children and siblings and spouses and parents continue to teach and invest in other children and families and those that are hurting, loving people well because even in their pain, God brought purpose From it. God has an incredible way of redeeming the mess in our lives to become a message that can impact other people for His glory. And I've seen people in our community that have walked through the pain of anxiety and depression and loss and addiction pick up a broken brother or sister off of the ground because they know the path that led them there, but they also know the risen Jesus that brought them to rest and recovery, happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining. Number two, happiness is fun for a moment, but joy is a worthwhile process, and most of us would rather just skip the process. We just wanna get to the good stuff. Psalms 30 and verse five, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We don't want the long night of pain and despair. We wanna get right to the joy that comes in the morning, but the thing is, It's not always instantaneous. That's not how life works. Joy can come in the morning. Sometimes it comes after a season of M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mourning and loss. And there's some of this, I think, that we're not gonna fully get and fully understand on this side of eternity, but if we hold on to Jesus, we'll see things like this promises. Psalm 126, verse five, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Thank you, Lord. We live in a drive-through, microwave, high-speed internet world. Amazon will deliver things at your house. Sometimes even via a drone will drop a box in front of your house. And uh, we have this world where we love to go and get fast food that's not necessarily always great for us. And this amazing thing has happened here recently that if you don't have time to go get the fast food or you don't want to get the good fast food, you can actually uh, pay for somebody to deliver the same not quality food for three times the price to your door and we bought into it because lots of people are making income doing it. The problem with happy moments is sometimes we trade them for the better things that take time to get to. Again, we see this all throughout scripture. Samson settled for the wrong girl and disregarded the covenant his family made with God. And if you read his story, even though there are a couple of highlights, it did not work out well for him. Jacob and Esau, Esau, Come in and the Bible says that he gave up his father's blessing and his entire inheritance for a bowl of soup. Like the only thing I want after a bowl of soup is another bowl of soup. Like how fleeting is that? He gave up his entire inheritance for that temporary hunger pain to be satisfied. David slept with another man's wife, had her husband killed, lost the baby in the moment. Because in that moment, the Bible said, "When the kings would go off to war, David in that moment was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that moment led to another wrong moment, which led to another wrong moment, which caused an avalanche of brokenness and loss because of temporary satisfaction of happiness in the moment. Moments of happiness can often overpromise, but under deliver." Several of us have been talking about this health challenge that we've been in at our gym. And the thing is about working on your health, nothing teaches you the value of a process more in my consideration. This has been my greatest area of struggle. But in order for you to get healthier, you have to eat better. You have to drink more water. You have to get rest and exercise. And here's the thing that's true. Good intentions don't change your life and they don't change your health either. It doesn't matter how many times I think about, man, I should go to the gym and I should eat that instead of that. But if I don't actually do it, it doesn't happen. The process, though, there's a process to it, but the process doesn't just start at the table or at the gym. You got to pack your clothes, a change of clothes. You have to plan a shower into your day. At least you do if you sweat. I mean, I sweat through my clothes like 15 times when I go to the gym, You have to accommodate your schedule, work around, plan your meals, sometimes even plan your meetings. You have to plan to go to bed earlier so you can get up in time. And even getting to the gym, you have to put the work in. I've never walked up to the gym and just walked up to the weight and just, man, I feel stronger. Just looking at the weight, I feel stronger. Our muscles help burn fat, but in order for the muscles to grow, they have to tear Our coaches at the gym and our trainers, they push us because it's not just about the movement, but the resistance. There are exercises four weeks ago I literally could not do. Sometimes there's modifications that I get at the gym that they give me to do, instead of this, you can do this. And some of the coaches, they'll notice, hey, you're doing this better, we're gonna move over to working on the harder thing now. I'm like, that was a lot harder than that. Now that's the point, right? The problem is, we often want the path of least resistance. But we have to be willing to engage and lean into the tension, even when we feel resistance, because that's where the results come from. You have to be willing to lean into that. We want the muscles without the tearing, we want the tearing without the work. We want the results of the work without the preparation and the intentionality and the discipline. but that's a part of the process. We're all in process. And sometimes the process is the point. But here's the beauty of it. God will meet you there. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith and he's at work in between. He will meet us there. Every time I've leaned into the tension where there is resistance in the middle of the process, God has been present. And one thing about doing these high-intensity interval training workouts that I've never done before. They're very difficult. And uh, the thing is, I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been because I pray so much at the gym. I'm like, Lord, please don't let me die on this workout. I look ridiculous. I'm covered in sweat. God is present at that point of tension. But we have to trust him. Happiness is fun for a moment, but joy is a worthwhile process. Number three, Happiness is external, but joy is internal. That's why sometimes you have to take a smile from somebody as a grain of salt because sometimes it's legit, but sometimes it's a cover-up. That's why there are so many filter options on our picture apps and on our phones and on our social media because we long for things to appear differently or better than what they actually are. Christians, we do this So good, we're so good at putting on a fake smile to appear happy when inside we're actually crumbling and some of y'all could win an Oscar award for how well you put on a smile. But Jesus, he knows what's going on. He knows how we feel and here's the thing, he doesn't want you to put on a happy face if you're hurting because he loves you. He loves you ridiculously. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time and cast all of your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. In John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. God full of grace to take us as we are in our brokenness, in our weariness, in our confusion, in our doubts, but the truth to meet us at that place, to meet us at that tension so we can be reconciled and experience healing and the changes that we so desperately need that can only come from a God that loves us. Happiness is external, but joy is internal. So even when Things are crazy and chaos is happening all around us. God is still working in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So understand this, that happiness is external, but joy is internal. But in the internal, God is preparing us for the things that are eternal. God is amazing. that He's always using the mess in our lives to work in us something greater, than what we see or understand. Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining. Happiness is fun for a moment, but joy is a worthwhile process. Happiness is external, but joy is internal. And last but certainly not least this morning, happiness comes by chance, but joy comes by choice. We get to choose. We can't always control our circumstances, but we get to choose our response to those things. Deuteronomy 30:19. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life. Choose life. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We want to skip the process and be at the mature, not lacking anything part, but we have to go through the child. But how do we consider it joy? We even see that about Jesus. It says that for the joy he went to the cross and endured it. Why? So that we can be reconciled to the Father And so that he would be obedient to his heavenly father for that reconciliation. Joy doesn't make sense with trials. But that's because it's the kingdom mindset. It's not the way that we feel in our flesh all of the times. We can't always control our circumstances. Happiness is fleeting. Sometimes we experience it by chance. But joy comes by choice. Every day we have life and death in front of us. Every single morning that God gives us, we wake up in front of us and we get to choose life. The way we talk or respond to others and react, we can speak life or we can speak death. We need to speak life. And when we face trials, we can consider it joy like Jesus did because those trials lead us through a process where God will meet us, where God will redeem us, and it brings us closer to Jesus. Now, this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul wrote speaking to spiritual things, but I, I believe it applies to just about everything else in our life. 1 Thessalonians 5 21, it says, Test all things, but hold fast to what is good. When we talk about joy being a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus. I think. This is one of the things that is a byproduct of our human condition that we hold on to everything else but the good stuff. Like 99 people can pay you a compliment, but you remember the one negative comment. We can do seven things really well, but the eighth thing that fell through the cracks is the thing that we remember. Jesus forgives so well, but we don't. Not for everyone, not all the time. Sometimes not even for ourselves. Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is sustaining. Happiness is fun for a moment. Joy is a worthwhile process. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness comes by chance, but joy comes by choice. So we can pursue happiness, but it will not fulfill the needs, the depths of our soul depths of our heart. And there are things that a pill and a bottle and a mattress in another relationship cannot fix. I was talking to a friend that was struggling. We were talking about some things and and they made the comment. They said, I just need a fresh start. I said, Fresh starts are awesome. I love fresh starts. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. God gives us a fresh start every day. He's like, no, I feel like I need a fresh start. I just need to get out of this place. I need to go to a new place. I need to get away from these people. I need to go to new people. I need to get away from this situation. I need to go make good, better situations. I said, yeah, that's great. So there's only one problem with that. What's that? I was like, you're gone. Like, that's the problem. What do you mean? Well, here's the problem. Sometimes there are things that are happening to us, but sometimes those things are what's happening in us. And if we don't deal with how we deal with this situation over here, we will for sure find it again over here. Why? Because happiness is fleeting. So we can pursue happiness. Or our takeaway today, we can pursue Jesus We can pursue Jesus and let him fill us back up. Let him fill us up with his joy. And that joy can overflow so much so that it's not just for ourselves, but that it impacts everyone else around us. You know, in life we can experience good things that bring a glimpse of happiness, but God wants to give us more than just those tiny little moments worth. He wants to give us more than that. And God speaks to this and When I read this passage, this verse, I wanna encourage you because when I used to read this, I used to read this from a place of condemnation, like shame, like, man, I have missed it. But when I read this verse to you, I want you to hear this from a place, from the love of the Father, empathy and mercy from God because he wants us to experience all of God's best for us. Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, spring of living water. They have dug their own cisterns or wells, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Think about this. God's like, here's the living water. It can give you life constantly. But we just trade that in for a temporary thing that we think looks good in the moment, but we miss it. We don't just miss that, we miss this. We miss God's best for us in that moment. Don't settle for broken wells with temporary satisfaction. When you can have a life full of God's joy. And God will give us things and he will give us people that bring us joy. And the difference in knowing whether or not it's just a happy moment or it's something from God is it sustains us. It goes beyond just that moment. True joy is a byproduct of our proximity to Jesus and I know that some of you may have walked in here or some of you may have logged in online or be listening to the radio this week and joy seems like it is the furthest thing from you. But it's not a thing over here to reach, to grab. That's the point. Don't pursue the thing that makes you happy. Pursue Jesus and he can bring joy. The fruit of the spirit can grow and flourish and flourish in and through your life. And even in seasons where the fruit is not growing so well, if you stay connected to the mind, like Jesus told us in John 15, it will bear fruit again. Stay connected to him. Pursue Jesus. Let him fill you back up with his joy. And friends, if you don't know him, or if you haven't made a decision to trust him yet, he's ready when you are. That can change Today, and this is a part of our prayer for you this week and in your life and really until you step into eternity, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't know how to get there, but we don't have to know how to get there. We just need to surrender to him And let him get us there and he will fill you back up. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. And God, I know this morning as we're talking about joy, there are people that were raised in church and maybe they can think of songs about the fruit of the spirit or acronyms of what those terms mean, Lord God, and they're processing those things. God, you wanna do a deep work in our hearts and in our lives. God, for some this morning, this seems like the furthest thing. They haven't seen or experienced this in a really long time. It may even be hard to say the words joy this morning. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus in a capacity that only you're capable of, God, that you would fill them back up. As we trust you, you would fill us back up so that we can overflow with the joy of the Lord. God, you're mindful of the needs. You're mindful of where we're at. And God, I just pray you would help us to pursue you. For some of us, a recalibration to reset our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith, God. Help us to trust you. Help us to seek you. Help us to pursue you, God, that the fruit of the spirit and your joy can be evident and overflow from our lives. We thank you for it. We bless you today, in Jesus' name. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.